Philosophy Friday, and we're on. It's Friday, and we are talking about、uh, a book that I, I was pretty excited to see.、Uh, you mentioned. You mentioned this a while back to me.、Uh, Reforming Apologetics by、mm. who's it? J.W.J.V. Fesco. J.V. Fesco, formerly of Westminster Theological Seminary, California,、uh-huh. and now heading to Ref,、uh, RTS.、Oh, is he is he going to RTS? Yeah. Ah,、oh, I didn't. Oh, that's true. He did that whole resignation thing, and、oh, I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. So it's called、uh, Reforming Apologetics. Retrieving the classical reformed approach to defending the faith. Yes. Now let's just a, a bit of background there in terms of、um, Fesco. Have you read anything else by Fesco, by the way?、Um, uh, short articles, journal stuff, that sort of thing. I don't.、Mm. I don't believe I've read a whole book. Okay. I've read Last Things First, his study of eschatology and Genesis. That was very, very good.、Um, yeah. That was great. Highly recommended. In fact, I hadn't thought to say this before. But I mean, Fesco is obviously from that Escondido school of thought, and very much dependent on Klein in most of what he does.、Um, and、uh, he just wrote a fantastic. It's a little accessible book. It's basically an exposition of、um, the first three chapters of Genesis, but you know, with those meta themes coming out of it, and almost doing what Klein does at a smaller scale. But just much more accessible, and just a great intro to covenant theology. So I actually keep on forgetting about it, but、um, it's a great little book. So last things first,、um, by J. V. Fesco.、Um, the other thing is, did he write? Did he write that resurrection thing? Yes, that, that article. article that we discussed before. Yeah. So you might you might have that might spark it off if、uh, you've heard us talk. We did talk about it at some point before,、uh, but yeah, another another reason to check、uh, this guy out. And then just、uh, the laws.、Uh, I think he does chirp in at some point with、uh, Estelle with the laws not of faith and all that whole、uh, republication debacle. But anyway, so this this dude is good. But but、uh, this book on apologetics is, is really exciting because it's almost like for me personally. Um, I, I realize that Klein is、uh, himself was a committed Vantillian, and all of these guys come out of that Vantillian school.、Um, yeah, but it's it's just that you've got this these implications of common grace that it feels to me have not really been worked through properly、uh, at、mm. some level. Even if it doesn't end up、uh, abandoning Vantillianism, it's just a matter of how it all squares. And Klein himself started down that track. Uh, by sort of trying to reconcile antithesis with common grace, and ended up with this interesting little balance thing,、um, and and so you know I, I've just always been keen to see some more done around that, and obviously you've got、uh, Horton, who、um, who teaches apologetics but hasn't written a whole lot about it exclusively,、um, no. and so you know, and then you've got with those guys that.、Um, You know, I suppose you've got Schaefer, and you know, on the other side of the camp, who have you know really worked with the idea of Van, a softened form of Vantillianism in in、um, the co-belligerence and and all of those sorts of ideas, and、um, and so yeah, it's just a matter of exploring that really, and、um, and、yeah. what what Fesco is arguing for is super interesting、uh, in light of the intramural reform debate. 
you know, concerning presuppositional and, and just classical apologetics. Uh, so do you want to give us a quick run through what, what he's arguing, uh, you know, just... Well, I mean, I think, I think the, type, the title is really helpful. Mm-hmm. It says retrieving. So he's making an argument for going back and taking back something. Mm-hmm. The classical reformed approach to defending the faith. So if you are uh, familiar with the new surge in classical theism, mm-hmm. you'll be aware that through men like Richard Muller, there's a... There's a new thesis going around that um, it's no longer a case of Calvin versus the Calvinists. Mm-hmm. Um, it was often it was often put forward that you know there was Calvin who was the biblical theologian, mm-hmm. and then all these men driven by philosophy, the Reformed scholastics mm-hmm. that came in the next century, the 17th century, um, took it back to philosophy and pretty much undid what Calvin did. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been some pushback. Um, against that thesis, it's, mm-hmm. it's been thoroughly explored and refuted. Mm. And what's what's come out of it is that um, a lot of the doctrinity, the doctrine on, on God, the doctrine of Scripture, mm-hmm. uh, the nature of Scripture, uh, mm-hmm. we have that in common with uh, Reformed Catholicism. Mm. The Reformers did not take issue with certain truths that the mm-hmm. Roman Catholic Church held to. Mm-hmm. And so the classical view or you know the things that we agree with the Roman Catholics on that they believed before the Reformation, that's what we mean by classical. It's mm. the time-held Christian stuff. And so Fesco's thesis is that, um, you know, coming against certain modern brands of presuppositional apologetics that don't like using evidence mm-hmm. or uh, appealing to common notions or common law mm-hmm. or uh, using natural revelation, mm-hmm. he's trying to carve out a space to say, well, Calvin agreed with Aquinas on certain issues, and uh, that does impact the way in which we could probably use evidences in apologetics today. Yeah, great. Good good summary. So, I mean, um, you you sent me a, a link on, um, uh, it was by Sam Waldron, a Reformed Baptist guy, um, who's yep. done a four-part critique of the book. Now, I mean, Nick, have you started reading the book? I have started reading the book, so maybe let's just uh, talk about the critique for a moment. It yeah. um, comes from Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary's blog. Mm-hmm. So that's where people can access it. If you're interested in apologetics and you want to know uh, the intramural debate on presuppositionalism and some of the tensions between the different sides of the discussion, mm-hmm. um, I think Sam Waldron has given us a very charitable and uh, helpful Full critique. I mean, he 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 highlights issues that we can discuss. Mm. But uh, yes, I've definitely begun reading the book, and mm. um, I think I could say this. I haven't finished it yet, but what I can say so far is that it's primarily a work of historical theology. Mm-hmm. So Fesco goes back and he looks at. Um, he takes Anthony Burgess, one of the Westminster divines, and mm-hmm. he tries to establish how the Reformed scholastic generation had in common with people like Aquinas. Uh, common notions or common law and um, how that has a a line directly back to Calvin Mm -hmm. as a way of saying, if we embrace Vantillian apologetics, which seems, which seems, and he makes this uh, claim that Vantill seemed to be very much against evidence, Mm. um, that that wouldn't, that that's a different apologetic to the, to the, uh, our forefathers Mm, mm. uh, who followed Calvin. Mm. So that, yeah, that, it was interesting. I've got the yeah. book. I haven't started reading um, Fesco's book, but just through reading uh, Waldron's um, uh, critique, um, 
what I just came away appreciating is, you know, you just got to move really, really carefully through all of this. Um, exactly. You know, because, I mean, one, I mean, if a guy like Fesco can really, as Walter said, kind of, you know, just not understand a whole component of Van Til's theology. Um, and, and you know, if, if a guy like Van Til could not understand, you know, <laughs> a whole component of Augustine's theology, I mean, you've just got, you got really, really, nuanced difficult things to work through there and you got to be you got to be careful before making this blanket sort of conclusion about everything yeah um so and that's, that's one of what yeah, what say is, uh, about waldron's critique is that it's charitable mm. but critical mm-hmm. and uh i think we do need to just you know if you're interested in apologetics and you see this debate raging online um this is the way i'm feeling sitting here in new zealand is you know it's almost like i've got ringside seats but i'm not in the ring um mm. I don't know of any hardcore Vantillian fan clubs in New Zealand. Right. There are no purists. Yes. Uh, there are no purist Vantillians in New Zealand that I would know of. Uh-huh. So we we meet we, we we get all of our stuff from America. America sneezes and the world catches a cold. Um, <laughs> and so it's very early on in the conflict. It's very early on in people expressing their opinions and offering critiques. And Fesco hasn't even responded to Waldron yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's. Yeah. it's going to have to be a case of, well, let's just listen to the discussion. Let's wait and see. And let's hope that, you know, the church can, can do this in a Christian fashion. Mm. Unfortunately, presuppositionalists have a terrible reputation for mm. uh, not so much taking on uh, unbelieving ideas in the world, but taking on each other. Mm. And um, I would hate to see that happen in this particular debate. Um, mm. I think that, you know, there is a, a vital need to talk about how we can use what Van Til has pioneered in terms of presuppositional apologetics Mm -hmm. and yet marrying that to uh, a a biblical presuppositionally based use of evidence yeah exactly yeah Yeah. and even just natural law and those sorts of things as well i mean they're they're important they're important subjects to look at really carefully and even if you end up having differing you know views on on their place and right use and all that sort of thing um the more detail, the better, as far as I'm concerned, you know, just the more back and forth yeah. on it, because it's just such a pivotal issue. And, um, and so like when you've got Fesco coming along and saying, Hey, you know, actually within, you know, cause it used to be kind of like the, uh, sprawl versus, uh, sprawl. Is it, is it sprawl or sprawl? Sprawl. Like soul, <laughs> not sprawl, yeah. like growl. Growl makes me growl, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sprawl versus uh, Bonson and, and those guys. And it was just like, okay, either you're going to go classical or you're going to go like crazy hardcore Vantillion. Yeah. And um, and that's one of the things I really appreciate about Schaefer and Klein. You know, it just kind of got me into them both because, you know, Schaefer with, although Vantillion, uh, Vantil apparently didn't like Schaefer for, for this reason. Um, but he just kind of really softened it out and showed this whole, how it works in a common grace setting in his version of common mm. grace. And then same thing with Klein, who just kind of said, I have no, no need to like denounce my Vantillianism, but, uh, how this has got to work within, you know, the cultic boundary and, uh, and talks a lot about that. And, um, and so like those sorts of ideas are really exciting because, because they mean that it takes, it takes that hard edge off Vantillianism, you know, and it puts it within a really, it makes it really useful to me all of a sudden. It's not like you have to, you know, just buy into this, 
this uh, movement, uh, movement's not even the right word. It's kind of like a this mindset or, or kind of this thing that seems to magnetize people towards the enemy, you know? Um, and, yeah. and, and it seems like you're buying it instead to a, a very stable kind of well-nuanced balance, checks and balance systems all over the place. And so I think what, what, from what yeah. I understand, Fesco is kind of saying, okay, well, you've got, you've got this whole um, tradition within Christian thought. We've always, Vantel has set Kelvin against this tradition. Um, and uh, he might have been wrong in that. And, you know, Kelvin himself, as a Calvinist, <laughs> would have would have been yeah. very open to this idea. And if anything, that means that we have to be, you know, careful not to not to overshoot our own sort of um, the implications of Calvinism as Vantel might have. Um, and so, yeah, that all needs to, um, I suppose, just get everyone thinking about about um, yeah. you know the whole situation and and you know I'm just right. really stoked but that read the book, be aware, follow the discussion. We're still very early on, and if you're interested in apologetics, this would be a great debate to watch and mm. wait on mm. and see some of the big guys you know throw their punches backwards and forwards because this is the best part. Um, it's the best of it. You know, it's the best little section. The, the, yeah, and the, I, I think it's way too early to start choosing sides. Right. Um, having read Fesco, it sounds real legit, all that I've read so far, the quotes that he's using. Mm-hmm. And then I've heard several critiques of Fesco already, and it seems that he hasn't incorporated key works of Van Til, as Van Til does talk about the distinction between natural theology and natural revelation. Yeah. Um, okay. Fesco, I think, does legitimately raise issues of how popular presuppositionalism has often portrayed itself as mm. being anti-evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Van Til, on the other hand, was not against evidence, so there's there's, we're, we're still in need of fine tuning, and this is this is a great opportunity to 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 derive some benefit from a, an excellent discussion. Totally. So, what what do we what do uh, what should we say about evidence? So, uh, well, I, all I can do is give you my opinion at this point, mm-hmm. and then maybe I'll turn out to be a heretic after someone <laughs> proves to be right. All right. But, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I agree with Van Til that uh, presuppos- presuppositional apologetics. Um, is a reformed apologetic because of total depravity. Mm -hmm. Even though there is truth that we call natural revelation, Mm -hmm. the natural man is not able to understand that truth. Mm -hmm. However, this is where I think that I'm, uh, this is where I think some fine tuning is needed and where Mm -hmm. I've done a little bit of thinking. Mm -hmm. When we are able to show, and I think Bantil agrees with this, when we are able to show the incoherence of their unbelief, Mm And the coherence of the Christian worldview, uh, demonstrating it through things like the cosmological argument that mm-hmm. that uh, created things imply a creator. Mm-hmm. We are we are trusting in not their autonomous reason, mm-hmm. not the perspicuity of the evidence, but in the Holy Spirit to victim of their irrationality, of their sin, uh, their their truth suppressing sinfulness, mm-hmm. and to open up a way for a, a hearing of the gospel. Mm. So I think that's where evidence plays a role. For me, it's uh, my understanding, and I've got this from Jonathan Edwards and B.B. Warfield, mm. is that we learn supernatural things in a natural way. Mm-hmm. So how do you learn maths? How do you learn that you're wrong in an argument? How do you learn any skill? Mm. You know, um, or think, well, let's, let's compare it to sanctification. Mm-hmm. How do you grow in conformity to Christ? The Holy Spirit takes truth. Mm-hmm reached by a preacher, by your mother or your father, if you're a child, whatever the case is, mm-hmm. and you go through the ordinary process of 
wrestling with the text, understanding the text, putting away wrong understandings of the text. And then the, the Spirit takes the truth that you understand correctly and He illuminates it to your heart and there's an emotional response. Mm which is all part of how the Lord causes you to grow inwardly in character and develop the fruit of the Spirit. So there's the supernatural end that's brought about by very natural means, the natural ways in which we come to new understandings and beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to conversion, I don't think, you know, the gift of faith is not a data dump. Mm. It's a process through which the Lord leads us in terms of refuting uh, lies and establishing truths and Mm. the Holy Spirit making those truths convincing. Yeah. So our dependence is upon the Spirit, but we understand that there are natural means like arguments and presentations of evidence that the Lord uses. Mm. Not because we believe in autonomous reason, not because we believe in the strength of the evidence, but because we're relying upon the Spirit to use natural means to bring people to a correct understanding. Yeah. So that's that's how I that's how I approach it, and I believe that's a presuppositional and yeah. reformed basis for evidence. If yeah. at any point we entertain the possibility that the unbeliever's mind is autonomous, we're denying um, uh, total depravity. Yeah. And at any point that we we lean upon uh, the cleverness of our arguments or the perspicuity of the evidence, we're denying total depravity. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah totally. And um, even, you know, I think uh, I think Waldron mentioned this, you know, with natural revelation, uh, it's not that Van Til ever, uh, even in my very limited reading of Van Til, I mean, I, I think I, I've resonated with this. Um, he, he He's never said, like, we can't understand natural truths as, as those who are, you know, natural men. Rather, we understand it perfectly, which is our condemnation, um, you know, with, with uh, specifically as creation. Uh, yeah. declares the reality of a creator but it's just that so it's, it's you know again it's sort of a different thing are we we're not saying that um you know evidences or reason or logic or you know it doesn't work as much as it's you know there is a moral problem beyond the the uh, the actual yeah. you know ability to understand problem uh, that needs to be contended with and and so you know you don't want to just it, there's just more to the discussion than just trying to figure out if, if men can understand, you know, things that you're presenting to them. Uh, we, we just know that they're not going to be winsome, ultimately, without the power of the Spirit. Um, yeah, you know, And yet, you know, they're going to be thoroughly based on reason. So, yeah, I mean, look, we, I think we're going to come back to this one. This is, a, I'm definitely going to read this book, and uh, I'm excited to see, as I say, <laughs> what, what the discussion will um entail but uh go and check that out if you are interested in it's a little bit heady if you perhaps are just getting into apologetics but let's say you've Mm. been around for a while and you um you've followed uh, a little bit of the tension between classical and and uh, presuppositional apologetics within the reformed world uh and and if so then this will be a treat so i'm very excited about this book yeah should be good cool all right let's leave it at that man have a good weekend guys and uh we'll catch catch you tomorrow